Hey, y'all, if you're enjoying this podcast, take two seconds, send it to five friends. Um, Some of the top episodes would be the self-confidence, masculinity, and the Byron Rogers podcast if you want to send uh, some of the top ones to them. Otherwise, just take 30 seconds and review it on whatever podcast uh, application you use, whether it be Spotify, YouTube, Google, iTunes, Amazon, any of them. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge when you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees look at assaultlimited.com also sponsoring today's podcast is urban savage urbnsvg.com the best quality apparel available american made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out urbnsvg.com. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best kit secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3EQUIP.com. A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly, anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy get yours today at a3equip.com all doctors to the er do these guys have any idea what they are talking about talking about talking about get squared away spiritual get squared away emotional get squared away mental get squared away physical the podcast that'll help you get squared away okay now we're recording <laughs> now we're on. and you were saying that you listen to yourself and you love your own voice and- uh no i listen to myself in the the bass so i got the let mark levinson stereo and the and the lexus so it is just you know between the contrast between you and i it's oh, it's a little overbearing because it's just yeah. Well, we'll put a we'll, you can I'll I'll talk a little bit lower and then we'll put a rubber band around your balls and then we'll kind of even out in the middle. Hey, how's it going? No, a friend of ours, um, Anthony, was like, yeah, Martin came in to eat the other day and I couldn't think of where I'd heard his voice and he said, and this is great because he's telling he's gonna laugh when he hears this too because he listens to the podcast every week because the way that we originally started out the podcast. And you would always talk about like, oh, yeah, you know, I need to get my diet like kind of a little bit better. He expected like an overweight Asian. <laughs> and, and he's like, he is not out of shape. I was like, no, he's definitely not out of shape. It was just it was funny the way that he said it to me, like not exactly what I expected. Oh, he thought I was just going to roll in like Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. Yeah. He thought <laughs> you were going to come ball. in and he was going to poke your belly and you're going to giggle. Oh, man. All right, so when when I feel like I'm out of shape, it's when I'm getting a little bit of the jigglies going on in the in the waistline. Yeah, it happens. I mean, winter time. Winter you know, time. I get that winter coat on and then midsection. Right, like I've been I've been about the same exact weight for like three months, two three months, but I feel like I'm putting more muscle on because all my lifts are getting up and I'm, and I've got more definition in a lot of places. But then I also feel like I'm getting squishier. In the midsection, I'm like, how is this? Like, it's the same number on the scale. Am I like transferring weight from somewhere else? Like, you know, I've got veins on my quads, but I've got a but I've got a belly, right? So, like, am I transferring fat from like my legs up into my stomach? I have no fucking idea what's going I think on. As here. we get older, I think for men, that's the last spot that leaves because I mean, that's for me. I stay lean everywhere except for the midsection in the wintertime when it just 
I don't know what it is. Well, and there, there's kind of like th- women and hips. There's a there's a thing for hormonal um, fat deposits. So your hormones kind of dictate where your fat deposits are going to be. And uh, I was talking about this with another friend, um, cortisol, which is a stress hormone, right? Which yeah. caffeine, right? You're having a little Zoa energy drink over there. That's only 160 milligrams of caffeine. I told you I needed something else because I'm at my caffeine limit for the that, day. That's my... I only have Zoas like every other weekend. No, no. So I'm like, I know your your caffeine intake is like in in. It's almost like in zero. Three hours, I do what you do in like a month, probably. But I have love handles, right? And cortisol is a love handle hormone. Like it tells your body to store fat in your in your love handle area. What's so a, what's the tie to caffeine? Uh, caffeine increases cortisol. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, did not know that. Yeah. Wow. So, but I, like, I go through this, it's, it's been this cyclical cycle that I do, that I've done for probably seven to 10 years. It's like, I build up, build up, build up, build up. And then I'm like, all right, this is a problem. And then I'll cut caffeine, get myself back to a good place. I'll live there for a while. And then you slowly build up, build up, build up, build up. And then I got to do it again. And right now I'm in that, I'm in that level. So I've like cut back to just my morning caffeine, whether it be like, a drink or a coffee or a pre-workout or whatever it is. And then I don't do caffeine for the rest of the day. Wow. But for huh. me, like there's days where I'm well over a thousand milligrams a day when I'm in my really? high. Oh yeah. It's bad. Oh, wow. Yeah. I don't, <clears throat> I mean, for a little while there, I was having uh that coffee almond milk in my protein shakes, cut that out. So I mean, I'm literally at zero and these always have been sitting in my fridge probably for about a month. That's good. That's good. You should keep it that way. Don't get into my cycle. It's a bad cycle to be in. But I didn't know cortisol had a uh, direct uh, correlation to yeah, ca- accumulating. Ca- yeah, caffeine's like, oh, yeah, cortisol has a direct direct uh, accumulation with uh, love handles and midsection chub. So what about uh, for uh, women? Um, it must be a – you can look this all up. It's all, it's all very well um, studied and very well documented, but it's probably, I would guess um, – a estrogen or a DHEA or one of the other hormone um, dominant places would be your hips. And I bet you could take, you know, those women who are very hippie, right? Like they're not that overweight, but they have all their weight in their hips. You know, their hips look like a pair. Yeah. I bet if you did a hormone test on them, it would be, it would show directly what they're way high on. Really? Ooh. All right. Anyways. I just got an email pop in and says uh, morning wood problems. Titled Soft Directions. Ooh, let's go. I wonder how you got on that mailing list. <laughs> I don't know. The ED video, they don't want you to see. They're like, uh, <laughs> they're like, well, this guy's almost on AARP, so we should probably send him some dick videos. It's not almost. I am a member of AARP. I have is, a is membership card. Is that what it is? 50? Five oh man. Really? Is that what it is? I thought it, was older. I thought it was older than that. Yeah, as soon as I turned 5-0, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try this. And it's like 16 bucks a year. And really, I haven't used any. For some reason, I thought that it was like older than 50. 50 doesn't seem old as I get older. Like when I was 20, 50 is like, holy shit. Now oh, I'm like 38 and I'm like, 50 is not that old. I know. I mean, that's how I got it. And I was like, somebody was making a joke about it. And I'm like, okay, really? How old is it supposed to be? It's 5 Damn. So I text you this new Jack Carr book in the blood. I messaged Jack Carr. I'm like, hey, man, I'm sure that you are too busy with your book tour to like actually get on our podcast. Mm-hmm. But I know that a ton of our listeners read his books because I just put a post up Tuesday when I bought the book and multiple message back. Like people are pumped that this thing came out. And so I'm like, Hey, if you just take like 10 minutes, I'll, I'll write, I'll send you a bunch of questions from our listeners and you can, you can just answer them via message and I'll read them. Right. Like just cause I'm, I'm amazed at the way he writes because the detail in which he writes, it's almost like he has to write the whole book. And then go back and insert all the detail because each detailed thing is has to be like researched. Like he goes deep into the singularity and and artificial intelligence and the actual quantum computing behind what it would take to be artificial intelligence. And he talks about the um, the the instability of a quantum computer that you would have to have and the inability to actually control a quantum computer that was running artificial that, that became an artificial entity. And it's like in depth as this guy goes, like, how do you do that? You can't just, you can't, you can't stop to research each thing when you write the sentence, right? Like you write the sentence and you're like, Oh yeah, that needs more detail. Hold on. Let me research for 20 minutes to try to figure out. Right. Like it's amazing. But the way that he brings artificial intelligence into it and then 
at the end, like wraps it all back around to the artificial intelligence. But with his author notes, like in real life, it's like, holy shit. So so what was your reference on that? Because I didn't read the book. I don't think I've read a single Jack Carbo. Oh, they're so. so good. You should. They're so good. Um, What was my reference on that for that last sentence? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't I don't even want to give it away to the listeners. I feel like I feel like I will tell you after we get done what the last sentence was. But I don't want to put it on here because no it's that it's that powerful. That last sentence of his author notes is that powerful that if I say it here, I feel like it's going to ruin it for somebody else that's reading the book. Okay. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you afterwards, but the only spoiler, I mean, this isn't even a spoiler. The book is awesome. Like it's great. It, it goes in line with, with all the rest of them. James Reese is a badass, but yeah, it's, it's good. And I just, I love the way that he writes and I love his, his, the depth in which he goes in the detail and he paints these amazing pictures in your head and they're, they're great. Yeah. And it's like a, it's a believable fiction. Right. Like it's fiction, but everything that he writes about is super believable. Like in the last one, I will give you spoilers on the last one, because if you didn't read the last one, go piss off. Anyways, he goes into like biological weapons attacks, but he also links it in with how scared America is because of the covid pandemic, because he wrote it like mid pandemic. So he goes into like how how America closing themselves down for covid has shown terrorists how vulnerable we are when it comes to like that sort of thing. And I don't know if this is true or not, but he develops this idea that we have these um, bomb planes that are going to, that, that can drop fuel to air bombs on cities to maintain uh, an outbreak of a deadly virus. So like if, if, if Ebola, was blowing up in, you know, Dallas and they were scared of it getting to the rest of the country. And it meant killing, you know, 2 million people to save 198 million or 298 million. Then they, they have contingency plans in place to do this. Yeah. And so I don't know if that, right. Like that, there's a good chance that that's true. I would say, yeah. And as deep as he goes, like he talks to all the people that are in these positions and in these places and like with the artificial intelligence, he's like talking to the people who are at the front lines of developing these quantum computers and shit. And it's, it's just wild. Well, well, that's a plug. Yeah. Right. And it's just, <laughs> it was just amazing. That last sentence, you guys got it. You got to get the book and just, and, and get to that last sentence so you can get tingles up your spine. Well, um, that's crazy. Hey, Monkeypox. Yeah, monkeypox. What did I see on Byron Rogers podcast or Byron Rogers Instagram? The monkeypox, when you pronounce it, the K is silent. Moneypox. Oh, I was just like. <laughs> I, must, I, I didn't see that. So, yeah, monkeypox. Did I send you that yeah. text? So, yeah, because monkeypox basically was a uh, demo video they shot sometime in 2021 as a demo of another outbreak. So monkeypox if you if you if you do the research into monkeypox, monkeypox has been a thing since smallpox. Mm-hmm. But with all the smallpox uh immunities that have been built up, the monkeypox immunity comes along with it because it's a very similar virus. But um as that immunity has waned over time, monkeypox seems to be possibly popping up in smaller um small amounts in other places right because it's like an african congo disease but the thing with something like monkeypox or smallpox i believe that would now that we have germ theory right the first smallpox um explosion was previous to germ theory so we had no idea how something really was passed um so if you guys don't know what germ theory is like just do a quick wikipedia on germ theory Prior to a specific physician or group of physicians that had an an idea that diseases were passed by tiny, invisible, right? This is before crazy crazy microscopes, right? So their, their idea was that germs are passed by tiny, invisible things that you that go from body to body or living organism to living organism, and that's how. That's how diseases are passed. Prior to that, they had no idea. So, like, there was huge outbreaks of different diseases in doctors would be um, birthing babies without ever washing their hands. 
And like, we, we had no idea. So there was, there was, then these small group of physicians had this idea that germs were invisible and you had to kill the germs before going to do another surgery or another anything so that you didn't pass the germs to another. Well, now we, that's like common knowledge now, right? Yeah. But if you try to put your place, if you try to put your mind in a place of not knowing what germs are and not even really understanding that there's things that are smaller than what we can see, right? Mm -hmm. Invisible things. So that's the first smallpox outbreak. So like they don't understand that being, you know, touching someone with the smallpox can give you the smallpox or maybe they understand it, but in like the most, the smallest way. Well, that that's kind of what it would look like today if there was a smallpox outbreak or a monkeypox outbreak is like within a day mm -hmm. of the fever, the rashes start. So you're going to know it's not like COVID, like the scariest part about the trans transit transition, transposition, transpiration. What the fuck is the word transition? No, like how you give it to somebody, whatever. Anyways, transmission, transmission. Yeah. The scariest part about the transmission of COVID was that you could have it for like five to seven days and be extremely um, contagious and you have no idea. That was like kind of the weirdest part, right? Like yeah. during your most contagious time, you didn't know that you had it. And then the viral load got to a certain point that it took over your body and you got sick. Well, it's not going to be that with a with any sort of pox outbreak as far as we know now. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. <clears throat> I mean, the the demo video of monkeypox came out about mid, I think July 2021. And then all of a sudden now you're starting to see some cases. I mean, Europe has reported like 92 cases. So again, it's one of those where, okay, there's a, you know, 0. 0.000 whatever percentage of outbreak that's going on when they're just trying to latch onto it to, you know, create another. Yeah. Even if you look on the World Health Organization, like website page about monkeypox it's like it calls it a self-limiting virus yeah because of all of those reasons that i just said basically it's it's self-limiting um they you're gonna see it it's not gonna trans transmit the way that a respiratory virus does like it's just a totally different deal yeah. but it's something they can hang on to now and you know hopefully but create is another it, is it or th is this another flat earth is I this think, another troll is this more trolling I think it's uh yeah they right now they have to they got to find something else because stuff is starting to get flushed out and you know guys like Musk and even Bezos is calling out what's going on I mean economy wise but Musk is uh I mean, he's out for blood I mean he literally said he was out for blood so Amazon just canceled like thousands of construction projects really if that tells you how nervous in blue cities or what. Uh, I don't know what they what they were that they canceled, but it's it has to do. My thought is that it has to do with the um, dismal outlook well, of they, the economy. They uh, had a massive loss last quarter reporting, so you know, it was in the millions. But freight is at a point where it's insane. So when when I have a freight chart, has Amazon I ever turned a profit? I uh, wouldn't. I don't I wouldn't have, say in their shipping at this point. I don't. I don't have my Amazon. I keep my or my uh, Yahoo Finance app. Um, I keep that off my phone because otherwise it, I'll get like stuck looking at the shit. Yeah. Over and over and over. So anything that takes too much of my time, I keep on my other phone. Um, but I don't know if Amazon has ever actually turned a profit. Well, now you're looking at something and I'm looking at something and this is not good for views or <laughs> listens. Um, no, I'm just looking at the operational uh, side of things. So what Amazon is going through, what everybody's going through, what we're kind of touch on today is you know, what we're seeing with the direct correlation in fuel, fuel prices and how that's hiking up uh, freight. So what I'm looking at is... So what I'm dealing in my full-time work is um, dealing with supply chain and supply chain 
pretty much is is what drives everything that comes into our stores into our homes um the products that we use every day and right now when you look at fuel costs a lot of people are complaining about the the regular the the price on regular gas going to highs um you know the meetings i've had last week you know we're looking at and some there's some reports out there that at this rate um we're probably looking at by august the national average is going to be you know six dollars a gallon for regular um what that translates to on the freight side uh, the chart that i'm looking at here is you know this chart maxes out at four dollars and well literally four dollars a gallon although i, I I've calculated at 474 was where hopefully it was going to taper off and start coming down. And that's not going to happen. I mean, when regulars at six, yeah, diesel is going to be probably at seven plus. Yeah. So what that translates is for us, the fuel surcharges are going to be, you know, 60 plus percent of the shipping expense. And to put that in perspective, what it used to be. So, if diesel's at like two dollars and twenty cents, which I mean, if you're looking at the what the previous four years, what was it at two dollars? Sometimes it dipped under two dollars. Yeah, that's a it's a weird one because um, you can't really consider 2020 at all if you look at average fuel prices just because of the anomaly that was the well, shutdown of 2020. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think I, I think I. I might have paid 99 cents a gallon once. Yeah. Well, look at for, the first for two diesel years. Fuel. What was the first two years? So you're looking around, you know, 270 to 309, I think is what it was average around here. Yep. So the average freight going from there, um, and that was probably the most stable time the first two years is roughly 18%. So you're going from 18% fuel surcharge. So what that means is 18% of the freight revenue or I'm sorry, not revenue, freight expense, now you're jumping that to 60 plus. So that 60 plus percent has to translate into the goods. And translating into the goods is when you go to the store or when you order it online, guess what? That's what's got to come out of your wallet. And that's what somehow Amazon has to figure out too, is that, hey, we have our shipping expense is probably the highest expense for Amazon. That's what they have to learn to manage down that's where they're taking their losses. How are they going to do that? You know, are they going to be able to keep doing this this Amazon Prime? Are they able to gonna, you know, pay the markups for all these little contractors? So these guys that show up at your house that you have no clue, it's like six o'clock at night, somebody pulls up and drops a package off. I mean, most of them are being contracted. You know, some of them are contracted and gets to, you know, they get to use their vans. They have so many different programs. I don't even know how they even keep track of that all. But um it's it's a nice system, Bezos. Oh, uh, Bezos doesn't isn't part of it anymore. But it's a nice system that Amazon has, but hard to manage. I think most of their cost is trying to figure that out. So, what's that going to mean for you know the next few months? Yeah, just I finally got their balance sheet up here. It looks like um, the same first quarter last year they made eight million. Um, the ending of t- uh, 2021, the final quarter, they made 14 million, and this quarter there's a 3.8 million dollar loss. There's there's a loss. Yep. So that's a I mean you know, you, that's a pretty big fucking deal. So go back to the eight million. When was that? That was so I was comparing 2021 to 2022 first quarter, right? Because you oh, with, first quarter. With, okay. with the fluctuation yep. with the fluctuation of purchasing habits, it's really hard to compare. The final quarter of 2021 to the first quarter of 2022 yeah. it's just it's not an intelligent comparison yeah so if you look at the so since, 12 million, basically a 13 million dollar swing from first quarter last year to first quarter this year yeah so the wrong way yep so from a supply chain perspective i'm looking at it as i mean russia that, that has nothing to do with you know the rate of as as which fuel is skyrocketing because since January, since the administration took over, if you remember, I mean, they out, they up put a ton of mandates, you know, executive orders, basically. And from January to now, it's running up at, at a clip of 30 percent. Well, and I believe um, I don't know if it was Susan Rice, who's the might have been the Treasury secretary or the transportation secretary. I don't know who it was, but basically went out to all these, you know, giant oil companies and 
and said, we are not, and they said it to the American people too, we are not a fossil fuel friendly country anymore. This is, we need to get away from fossil fuels. We need to get away from oils. We need to invest in all of these renewable energies, right? So they said this, basically, this is like, if you thought, if you think about a husband and wife, right? Whether your spouse does anything to initiate a divorce or does anything to start a new relationship with somebody else, just the idea that they are no longer happy in your relationship and would like and are interested in other things, just that just that mentality fucks the relationship from from that point on, right? Because that idea is then always planted. So that's what that's what this administration did to the fossil fuel companies. They set that idea. They came in and they said, we are no longer a fossil fuel friendly country. We are not a fossil fuel friendly administration. Okay, so that's what they said. They put that out there. They didn't. It's not even necessarily the mandates that they put in place. It's the mentality that they put in place. Now, that mentality goes into every board meeting when it's like, where are we investing? What are we doing to grow our business? Where? Well, we know that investing for 10 years out, we can't be putting a bunch of money into oil and natural gas, because if we do, we're not going to be able to get our money back, right? Because that's all investing. It's it's return on investments, ROI. You're saying so that's what they're thinking. That's what their mentality is in their board meetings, because they are not going to invest millions or hundreds of millions of dollars into developing new drilling techniques, new drilling places, all of this stuff, right? Refinery techniques, all of the things that, that they should be still developing to get better and better and better and better and better. They're going to stop that investment and they're just going to cash in on what they have now. And they're going to let that try to pay for whatever the technology is of the future that they're going to try to rotate their business into. Which makes no sense. It, it doesn't, but it does when you look at the writing on the wall. If you made horseshoes, right? If you made horseshoes and I said, look at this car right here. This is the future. Would you keep trying to develop better horseshoes and better horseshoe techniques? If it's part of the, the plan, the transition. I mean, part of running operations is what, P, you know, PDCA, right? You got to have a plan that you have to execute. Well, what gets you to be basically, uh, you know, what, what gets you to solar? What gets you to electrical? You need the fossil fuels. Yeah, but they, you're not going to invest. You're not going to invest for, for your 10 year fossil fuel income. You're going to invest what you need to. You're going to tape things together. You're going to rubber band things together. You're going to take the the fattest part of every oil well that you have and try to get the most out of it to pay for whatever you whatever your yeah. company thinks is going to be their their next step, their innovation. Because the administration, this administration specifically said, like fossil fuel is a dying business. We will not support this industry anymore. Yeah, but you know when they. The infrastructure was already in place. The infrastructure was you know, in place, but here's it's a basic one, the pipeline. Guess what? It's it's there, whether they like it or not. So all they have to do is either turn it on or turn it off. The only thing that you know people have to realize that if they all of a sudden break down and decide to turn it back on, you still have to build up supply. You still have to get everything you know produced. So that's going to be an eight-month window. And I'm sure it's hundreds of millions of dollars to, to just keep that running, to just maintain it to maintain the stations to maintain whatever i, I have no idea i'm, I'm Which, speaking yeah. from out of my ass of what it would take to keep a pipeline running but it's not like the water well, in your house pennies and it'll also you're paying american workers yes 100 percent. so there, there is a full-on 100 percent benefit to have that running if your goal is more fossil fuel if your goal even if your goal is to get to this quote green new deal guess what Part of the process is you need that fossil fuel to build that infrastructure to support that, quote, Green New Deal. I completely agree with you. That is not the mentality of the administration at hand. No, the, the mentality of the administration like at hand. Rest. No, 
I, I get what they're doing too. It's just, it's fucked up and it's, and it's abusive to the American people. But what it is, is what drives innovation necessity. That's one way to drive innovation is necessity. How would we put massive necessity behind innovating to renewable energy, make the current energy so expensive that it then looks like it's cheaper for wind, for solar, for the development of new green energies. If you compare $3 a gallon gas to a battery powered car, it's not necessarily that much cheaper by the time you think about the the 10 year usage, right? If you got to put a battery in it and you got to do all this stuff, like overall, I'm sure it's still cheaper, but not that much cheaper. But if you compare that to $7 a gallon gas, it's a lot fucking cheaper, right? So the this pain that the American people are feeling right now, and I feel it, I had to swipe my card twice to fill up my truck because the pump topped out at 125 and I needed another 50 fucking dollars of diesel fuel. Really? Yeah, it's a 36-gallon tank. It's ridiculous. But that pain that I'm feeling, that's how they are driving the development versus you can do both of these things. You can keep fuel affordable for me and for you and for the other 90 percent of the population that isn't just rolling in enough money all the time to just spend whatever on transportation costs and goods and everything else right probably 95 percent you can keep that fuel affordable for people like us and push innovation through investments and scholarships and grants and research funds and um innovative competitions and um, a million other ways that that government drives innovation, right? Because you as a government are about, well, this is a totally pulling number out of my ass, but I'm my guessing is 20% of innovation. Private sector capitalism drives the majority of innovation. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, okay, this is coming from, Independent viewpoint here. So as an independent and, you know, I've been in multiple situations where I go into a business and we have to transform that business into one new technology, innovation. So, you know, the awards I've won are for innovation. But the thing I understand is if you want to compare the the United States into that, that example, Take, take it, you have a, you have this massive manufacturing facility and you're making, you know, whatever, widgets, uh, you know, rubber ding-dongs or something. So guess what? We're going to transform that plant from, you know, the old process of making rubber ding-dongs using, you know, old iron into using this, this new technology, you know, Acme technology, new processes that's so much more efficient. But the thing is, I can't just... I have to keep the plant running because I got payroll to fulfill. I got to pay the bills. You know, we have got to pay the power, the lights, keep the lights on and you got to keep the old equipment maintained. So when I make the transitions in these big companies, you know, I have to keep it running under the old process. And while I'm doing that is I'm going to say, you know, if I was in the government or if, you know, I'm in that business, like, okay, our budget for this year is we have to allot, you know, $3 $3 million to change the infrastructure. Or if I'm, you know, in government, if I was the administration, I'd be like, okay, we have to put American people, we have to put three and a half trillion dollars in here to start building infrastructure, to start testing. And then we're going to report back to you, whether it's through the media or just through our white house, you know, assholes.com. And we're going to show you, this is our progress that we're making. These are, this is the testing we're doing with infrastructure. And then when everything is, when all the testing and bugs have been worked out in the process, guess what? We're going to flip the switch on, you know, May 22nd of 2024. And this sector, this region is going to be, you know, quote, green. But instead of doing that, they're just like, oh, we're just going to go green. And now we're basically disabling the country pretty much at the pain of the American people. And we don't have a plan and we're not reporting anything. 
we just want everybody to get more electric. It's just, we just want this ideal. So the, one of the biggest problems here is us as the American people have lost the idea that that administration that you're talking about, that's not the ownership of the company that you're fixing right now. That administration you're talking about, that is the middle management. That's what it's supposed to be. This administration right now is supposed to be the middle management. We're the owners. Yeah, and they're having we a tell spending them, spree. Right? We tell them what the fuck to do. Yeah. Right. We've lost that. Right now, they think they're the owners. They think they're the owners of this country, this this country company, this, you know, widgets are us USA. They think they own this motherfucker and they don't. They yeah. don't own this country. We own this country. They need to figure out that it's us that tell them what they're supposed to be doing and they're supposed to figure out how to implement the shit in the most intelligent way possible. That's their yeah. fucking job. But I think they've figured it out to a point where the power has gone to their head and what they're trying to do is separate you know create this huge gap between them and us and it creates a have and have not society which historically is what's you know destroyed civilizations i think that they think they're spanking us into doing what they want us to do versus if they were intelligent they would look at it as a carrot and stick versus a fucking whip, right? So if you if you simply wanted EPA um, mile per gallon for cars to go from right now an average of 21 to an average of 35 in the next five years. They could do it right now. You could well, you you want to they they want to mandate that. They want to say everything has to have an average of this, right? All they need to do instead of doing that is they need to say, we'll cover, right? Because they're already giving money to all these companies to, to, to go green and develop battery powered cars. And they're paying for Ford and GM to transfer all of their fucking assembly lines. They're already giving this money. So I'm not suggesting more spending, but I'm saying versus just giving them money to do it. Use a carrot and stick philosophy, be a little bit fucking intelligent and say, we will cover every, you know, a, a portion of a percent of whatever the mile per gallon is over the average right now. We will cover on that car and you have to pass that on to the, you know, 50% of that on to the consumer. Yeah. So if you or I look at a new truck and it's $70,000 or we look at a new electric truck that gets, you know, on average, the mile per gallon equivalent would be, you know. 60 miles per gallon, right? That's over that 21 by three times. So that truck, instead of being $70,000 or $60,000, whatever I said, might be $35,000. We're going to buy that motherfucker, right? Because it's a much more intelligent purchase. Yeah. So carrot and stick this bitch instead of like, you know, daddy giving us spankings for fucking wanting to use gas. Yeah. But they have no plan. That gets away from the whole, that gets away from the whole thing that I said previously about like we own this bitch this is our fucking country we put those people we hire you we hire you to do a fucking job yeah and that's that goes back to okay so how come they don't have to present a business case before they quote a lot all these funds it's kind of like this 40 billion dollars to ukraine 40 billion dollars to ukraine and then two hours later voted down 48 billion for small business which I don't even know. I like people are immediately putting that out there as a fucking meme post. I don't even want either of those to go through. I want to look at both of them and see where the fuck this money is going. Yeah. But the thing is in, in, in a, in a business. So, so right now for what I do, so if I want to open up a warehouse, which, you know, I'm taking a live example right now, um, it costs money. Yes. So I have to do a full business case on, okay, it's going to cost this much over X amount of period of time is this, does this make business sense? And then I have to run that up the food chain to make sure that, Hey, it's going to be approved. Otherwise I can't just go ahead and do it and start opening up the funds and just start spending money like crazy. What, what happens with this 40 billion? There's not a single person that can tell you what was in it and how much of that is, you know, sandwich legislation that they just shoved in there. That's for all this other stuff that we don't know. I mean, if, if you really look at it, over the pandemic, uh, there's a little over 100,000 restaurants that went under. You know, restaurants or small businesses, I think, are tagged in with that. So if you took that $40 billion 
40, 48 billion. And then divide that out. How much is that that would have helped? Well, first of all, that would have been over no, four hundred thousand dollars. There's no, there's no government oversight. There's no oversight or looking back. What, what would you call that? Looking back, pre, or uh, post, you know, post spending comparison or post spending analysis. Right? There's nothing that gets done like that because they don't want to look at their fuck ups, right? So like we as the American people yeah, there's need no consequences for there's no what consequences. They do. We as the American people need some sort of a coalition that looks at government spending and and talks about its accuracy. I know I know liquor stores that were up 200% in the fucking pandemic and took the PPP money. They took hundreds of thousands of dollars and were up. Yeah. Fuck you. Well, where there's bars that like they couldn't make it. Yeah. You know? Well, from the Obama era and then uh when when Trump was elected, they had the whole massive cleanup on the VAs. And I had a buddy that was doing auditing on those VAs and he, he's like out on the East Coast. You know, for them and how the government works is, oh well, I'm I'm the ex department, you know, ABC, you know, department for the government. Well, I want to maintain that spend every year. Zero based budgeting is what this is called. If you guys want to look it up. So for us to, you know, maintain, you know, this money that we're getting, you know, from, you know, Papa government, Uncle Sam, well, we need to spend it. Well, they kept buying all the shit. Well, then they had to put it somewhere. I was like, oh, that's perfect. Well, now we can expense out a warehouse. So my buddy's auditing. He's like, he's finding all these warehouses that were on lease from Uncle Sam that had brand new equipment that they needed or not oh, I sh- brand new equipment that they had to buy to maintain. That's already out of date. That's been, that's already out of date, sitting in plastic in these warehouses so that they can keep maintaining this funnel of money coming in. And this is, that's one of the biggest problem with government spending is zero based budgeting. Yeah. We I mean, have to spend it or we lose it for next year. Yeah. There's just no accountability. Okay. There's no business cases being written. It's just, Oh, I just, I need this. Oh. So, so I, I had this thought yesterday. Um, you know, have you ever seen that where they talk about like people that over time start to look like their pets and you can see like pictures of, if you just look it up, people that look like their pets and there's like pictures of all these people that like their dogs and they just look like their dogs, you know, dude's got a bulldog and he looks like a bulldog. Like it just happens to be an, and it's probably just a, a funny meme. Right. But it, yeah. it, it you definitely see it sometimes, you know, the big, tall, lanky woman running the Greyhound, right? Like, oh, yeah, clearly. Like, Jeez, do I look like a Siberian Husky or what? You might. <laughs> you hairy bitch. Um, Did you notice my black eye today? No, I didn't. What happened? I don't know. I think I was wrestling with my kid and he might have caught me with his foot to the eye. And I, oh, no. I was like, I can't tell your 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 nice almond colored skin makes it so I can't really see your, <laughs> your black eye. But so I'm driving around and I'm looking at I'm looking at some of the most beautiful buildings. Right. And. So many of the nicest, most beautiful buildings are government buildings. Yeah. And I started thinking about and this. And banks, by the way. And bank. Yeah, banks for sure. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother thing. Um, after this, if I remember to come back to it, I'll come back to that. But I started thinking. I'm like, why? Why is it that the trucks that plow our roads need the nicest maintenance facility? Right? Oh, <laughs> why is it that, you know, the, the, the building where they put the salt for the winter is this nice brand new like building? Like, why? Why is that? Which is funny because I just talked with the city about that on Monday. It's because the government is too fucking fat. So my comparison here is the I don't know if it's if it's this is a chicken versus egg scenario, right? But the American people as a whole are fat and bloated and partially useless. And that's what the government is, too, is fat and bloated and partially useless. And there's just too much money that they're taking from us out of our paychecks. And then they're just spending it through their zero-based budgeting on a bunch of shit that they may not need. Yeah, and giving themselves 21% uh, pay increases, giving themselves that. And what's, Ooh, what's funny- Who got what, a 21% what, pay increase? Congress. They gave themselves a 21, this is a while back. 
About a while back, it was this year. So they just gave themselves a 21% Jesus. For, you know, not being able to balance a budget, which most people get fired for. But going back to what you're talking about, so that department is, so that arm of like, let's say the snow piles and whatnot is public works. And what's funny is, uh, you know, every Monday morning I meet with, you know, a lot of guys from the city, the fire and EMS uh, and police. And, and for most cities, public works is like the bottom of the food chain. So usually if you see the snow plows, a lot of the snow plows are not in the greatest shape. So they basically get the drippings. And usually like, let's say your fire probably gets the most, then your, you know, your police department and then, you know, maybe EMS or fights flipped around. So yeah, public works, if, if they got a nice, beautiful building, that's just drippings. So where's all that top line dollar going to? Yeah. And I guess, I mean, these budgets should all be public record, right? But, like, I don't know that I have time to fucking go. I, I just know in this city, just, you know, my ties, to, you know, these meetings is that, you know, there's, there may be a program like, you know, uh, how old people shit or something. Somebody came in and like, oh, we need this program and this. Well, they'll throw 60 grand in it. And if you want to be part of that committee, guess what? You're going to get a little stipend to be a. Uh, part of that committee oh really so whether it costs 60 grand or not it's just oh boom here's 60 grand and if you got two three people in there you're sharing the spoils of that 60 grand to study how old people shit so you know look that up and so yeah get so on a few committees and there you go there's a government's job too right fucking there. fat there's my there's my answer there but as far as banks right you, you mentioned banks <laughs> i i don't know it might have been from a movie or it might have been somebody talking about it, but they were like, go to a marina, go to a high, like a nice, like a nice high end marina, like on the ocean. All of the biggest, fanciest boats in there yeah. are not business owners who create wealth. They are the financial managers who manage the fucking money. Yeah. Well, think about it. Here's a perfect example. Look at your uh, mortgage statement. On even on okay, if you have a thirty year, look at your thirty year uh, your your mortgage statement. What what is the highest percentage of dollar on the breakdown? Where's that going to? The bank. Yeah. Well, because that's what that's what you're paying a percentage. How much is going to principal per yeah, statement? It, yeah, but it's all it's all a percentage. Yeah. You know, so if you're if you're paying three percent on if you're paying a th- if you're paying well for the simple numbers, right? Simple numbers. If you have a three hundred thousand dollar mortgage, that's if you have a five percent APR. Yep, you're gonna pay five thousand dollars for every hundred thousand dollars. So you're gonna pay fifteen thousand dollars a year APR annual percentage rating. So you're gonna pay fifteen thousand dollars a year. So if we break that down by month, divided by twelve months. That's $1,200 a month, every month that you're going to pay. That's your percentage for loaning, for borrowing that money from the bank. Your payment, then anything above that is your principal and your, if you have your taxes escrowed. But the reason that is, is because you owe someone $300,000. Yeah. If I had $300,000 and I wanted to borrow you that $300,000, I would also want my $15,000 in interest because otherwise that money is going to do me something better somewhere else other than I'm not going to loan you that money for nothing. Right. But if I look at the percentage of how much I'm paying in the, uh, you know, back to the bank versus what I'm actually putting in. It's your APR. Yeah. It's all off of your, off of your percentage. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, like. I don't follow your example because I feel like that is not the prop. That is that has nothing to do with it with the amount of wealth that banks accumulate. Because let's say you you had three hundred thousand dollars that you wanted to invest. Yeah. What would you what would you want back on that investment? What you know what would you feel comfortable with on that investment to have your money doing you know working for someone else? At least oh for somebody. Well, else. Then, if working for you. Sorry, working for you. Working for me, I would say no less than ten percent. 
So you want to go 10%? So what? that's $30,000. If it's working for me, if I'm investing dollars with a you know financial advisor, financial planner, or any of those guys. Yeah, but if that money's working for you, that's still $300,000 that you're putting in someone else's hands and you want your percentage, that money, you want that money working for you. So you want 10%. So that would then, so if you wanted oh, at that least money. 10%. So if you, if, if I didn't borrow that money from the bank and I borrowed that money from you, my payment wouldn't be $15,000 worth of interest a year. It'd be $30,000 worth of interest a year. <laughs> okay. That, that's if I'm investing money. But that's what I the bank is doing. 10%. They're investing money in you. Yeah. They're investing money in your house versus you investing money in your house. It's the same thing. That's the bank's, the bank is giving the person who sold the house money yeah. in your name. They're investing the money for you and you're paying them a percentage on that. Yeah, I'm paying them the, well, the interest I'm, rate. I'm under 3%. Yeah. Interest rates right now are climbing to uh, close to six right now. I have no I idea. It's passed over. I will not even look at it. Yeah, I think it's getting up close to six. So hopefully uh, yeah, for you guys, there's nobody sitting on a uh, five-year arm right now. If, if you are, I'd probably get that converted pretty quick. So, Well, it's painful too, right? Because I, we were go- we were going to go into the economy and inflation and all the shit in this podcast, but we're 48 <laughs> minutes in and we haven't really talked about any of that. But the way that the housing market is, you're overpaying by 20 to 30% on some of these places versus what they are actually worth. Yeah. And you're going to pay 6% interest. Yeah. I mean, there's well, right now there's no supply. That's going to change, yeah. you know, pretty quick here. Yeah. But they're saying, uh, I was talking to a realtor buddy of mine the other day. They said right now there's there's people that aren't even looking at the house. They'll see a house online right away. Boom. They, they put an offer in at at least 20% above, above uh, value. So it's just, I don't know. I mean, uh, the whole purpose of this podcast is with the... This week's podcast is uh, with inflation and everything that's going on, fuel costs. You know, what what are you going to do over the next few months? I want to talk about fuel costs. I will try not to make this take too long, but I really want to break this down numbers wise for fucking people that don't get it. Okay. What's gas right now? Four dollars? Uh, four something is the national average. Use four for a fuck for, okay. for, for the easy, easy math for the easy math for me to explain <laughs> this to people. Four dollars. Okay. Four dollars a gallon. If it was three sixty, that would be ten percent less. All right, round it to five so that's easier for listeners because Illinois is at above five already. All right, so five dollars a gallon. So five dollars a gallon. If you paid, if you wanted to pay four fifty a gallon, that would make you feel better. That's a ten percent savings, right? Okay, so we save ten yeah. percent. If you want to pay four fifty, I'm just saying we're as a goal. Let's oh, say okay. let's say ten percent savings on this five dollar a gallon gas. Yeah. Okay. You drive a average midsize SUV. Okay. Let's say that gets twenty five miles to the gallon average. Okay. If you drive it like a fucking dumbass and get twenty miles to the gallon. You are spending 20% more. That is five miles per gallon less than what that vehicle should get. You are spending 20% more to drive that vehicle. That is like not paying $5 a gallon gas. That is like paying $6 a gallon gas. You're talking on your driving habits. The savings from driving habits is insane. Don't bitch to me about the price of gas if you drive like a dumbass. Because... 10 to 20 to 30% savings by driving easier is not unheard of and is almost simple if you drive like a dipshit. If you accelerate full pedal off of every stoplight, if you jack it down three gears, if it has to automatically shift down three gears to pass people on the interstate, you're a dumbass. If you are not trying to get somewhere, but you just drive 85 miles an hour on the interstate, no matter what, that is losing fuel mileage. Let's even simpler, a pickup, a pickup today that really only probably averages 16 miles to the gallon. If you save three miles to the gallon, you're saving 20%. But you're going to bitch to me about gas going up 25 cents. 
you realize what 30 cents on three dollars <laughs> is 10 percent. you could save twice that so rules to the listeners that uh, your driving habits dictate that your driving so, so if habits you wanna, if you want to hold yourself or if, if you're a data person and you want to you know collect how you drive then you know what then do what, what i did is go to state farm and i gotta put that little puck on my windshield and then it basically rates all of your driving that's so alice can track your ass yeah pretty much but i think it's like uh i'm, I'm at 90 percent right now oh good so I guess I'm not such an asshole yeah, driver. I don't. Anymore. I'm not putting that thing in my car. They tried. They're like, we can save you five to ten percent. Nope. Oh come on, man. Not I, a chance. I'm saving like over a hundred and some dollars a year right now. Okay, I'm at eighty nine percent, man. I, I went down. Not a chance. I'm not putting that thing in my fucking car. So the last drive I did. Oh look at that. Perfect. I don't even leave my. I don't even leave my my um location on on my cell phone. <laughs> Well, okay, for our listeners, you know what? If you want something to gauge your driving with, so basically everything that you're talking about with driving habits. Or a simple is, calculator. Is looking. one, acceleration. Yes. Two, braking. And uh, three is cornering. Four is speeding. And five is phone distraction. Ah. So, but the direct Im- impact on gas is acceleration. Yeah. Speeding. Yes. Is what you're saying. That, that's that's my thing. If you, you you don't get to bitch about the price of gas if you drive like a dumbass. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And if, if you pull up to, I know in the Midwest, there's a what, Quick Trip? Uh, Wisconsin specifically, Quick Trip. Yeah. Then there's a, what, Wawa? Yeah, anyways. So all these gas stations, there's other better options. I know I, I fuel up at Costco. This Costco is always roughly, you know, 30, 40 cents lower than what the uh, national or what the av- area average is. And then for some reason, Woodman's is too, which Woodman's is uh, like a mess. I don't know yeah, what you yeah. call they it, just, like warehouse grocery off, store. They price off Costco, yeah. So, you know. So, along with the percentage game, if your family spends $50,000 a year to live and inflation is going to be 10% this year, it's going to cost you $55,000 to live exactly the same way. Simple number. But it's a if huge you, chunk for a lot of families. It is a huge chunk, but... If you took that spending and controlled it down to 45, you could live similarly at $500 less because it would go from 50,000 to 49.5 because you saved your percentage and that made up for inflation. So That's inflation on only fuel. goes off of your sp- No, I'm saying inflation goes off your spending. Oh. Okay. Is what I'm saying. Basically inflation inflation doesn't hurt you if you don't spend a dollar. If you don't spend yeah. a dollar, it doesn't matter how much that dollar is worth because it's not hurting you. Yeah. So if it's going to cost you 10% more to live this year, you could live exactly the same way and it could cost you 55000 or you could save some of that, live a little bit more frugally, and it would cost you the same amount or less to live next year. So for our listeners uh, who are you know hopefully eating healthier... I mean, right now, food is projecting to be what uh, average of 20 to 30 percent higher. So what are our listeners with the uh, high food bills, kids at home? If you spend three hundred dollars a week in groceries and then spend one hundred dollars a week eating out, that's 33 percent of your grocery bill. If you stop eating out, if you cut that eating out to once every three weeks, you're dead even. Okay. So like you have to look at where you know how to do a budget, right? Yeah. If you look, if we just look at a food budget and we look at the top three lines of the food budget, it's probably going to take up a large percentage of what that budget is. So if eat, it could be eating out, it could be, um, that's going to be, could be cooking, the healthy, cooking it could be, more and it could be the healthier dishes. snacks, right? It could be like a, a bag of, a bag of shitty potato chips is like a dollar or $2, a bag of like fancy high-end kettle cooked potato chips is like five, six bucks, right? Healthy snacks are expensive. Yeah. If you need healthy junk food versus carrots are still cheap as fuck. Like anybody that wants to bitch me about it being, it being expensive to eat healthy. No, it's expensive to eat healthy pre-made food. It is not expensive to eat healthy meat, vegetables. So it's just going to cost you more as far as your time. Yes. You're just going to have to prep your food. Yes. Okay, so it is not expensive. It is not expensive to eat meat and vegetables. Sorry, it's not. Except price of meat is definitely going up. Price of meat is going up, but if you look at the overall 
um, a pound of hamburger, if that goes up a dollar, that's multiple meals. Yeah. Right. Like you're not eating a pound of hamburger every meal. I mean, <laughs> are you? Like that's a lot. That would be impressive. I eat a lot of meat, you know, per I know, meal. But not every I'm not meal. Not just fat Asian that you know. It's Anthony, not every Anthony, meal, though. Anthony thinks I am so. But like so so. But for our listeners who are yes, and I'm I'm hoping that yeah they're they are in this path of eating healthy, prep, meal prep, getting away from the healthy snacks, right? Like oh, I want to be gluten free. Well, you could just not eat bread instead of eating the seven dollar loaf bread. Right. Like these are these are all decisions that need to get made. These are not just crumpling up the grocery receipt when you get done with your grocery shop and throwing it on the garbage on the way out because they all have garbages on the way out. Yeah. It's going home and looking at it and being self-reflective. Yeah. You know, being a lot more strategic in your. Yes. Your grocery spend. And I I have a feeling that for a lot of people, because I know for my family, it is too. The eating out is way more of an expense than like meat and vegetables. Yeah, I mean it's it's nice. I like eating out. I do too. I like, but we stopped but last I, night. I've seen that the cost is you know. We stopped increased. last night and each got one drink, which it was Saturday night and we were coming home from a wedding, so we each got a drink and we got a nacho appetizer. Right, it was like this uh, shredded pork nacho plate with these fucking peppers that m- singed your mouth. It was ridiculous. Damn, where'd you stop? Uh, Liberty Station. Bell. Liberty okay. Station. Oh, After, that's right off of uh, the belly. Right okay, yeah. After the tip, it was forty five dollars. Yeah. For, for two drinks and a nacho. At the grocery store, that could feed us for three days. Yeah. You know, so like be intelligent about your spending. Yeah. And then for those of you that, you know, if you garden, if the cost of putting in the garden outweighs. Yeah. <laughs> obviously, yeah. your output, then you're, you're not doing much. But it, there is, I, I will say that while it may not be financially viable, it feels good to pick your own food. It does. And eat it. But cost of meat going up, maybe you have a maybe you have a hunter in the family. Yeah. Or maybe you, know? you got some rabbits in the backyard. Maybe ooh, that's a little hey, rabbits a little gamey. And really hard hey, to meat is really meat, hard man. to butcher. I agree, but my family's not eating <laughs> rabbit from the backyard. I promise that much. Paul um, be eating squirrels by the end of the year. You know, I was telling my wife, I was like, there's there's to the point, like I, I hope it's not 1920 Great Depression, but there's a chance that this recession could be as deep as that because it it's not one thing that's bad. It's it's everything that's bad. Right. It's so many negative things that are weighing down this camel's back that if it does break, it's going to break bad. Yeah. Because we've got a we've got a portion of our society that's paying for everyone else to live, working our ass off. For everyone else to live, you've got expenses going up, not just food expenses, but house expenses. I I did the math on what my mortgage payment would be if I bought my same house today for what they value it at. Yeah. Not a fucking chance I'd ever pay that for my house. Not a chance. It'd be almost three grand a month. Holy cow. For what they have my house valued at. No I mean, way. Yeah, I mean, that's that market's going to explode because I mean, if people are buying houses at overvalue, what's going to happen? Yeah. So house prices, living expenses, vehicle expenses, because you can't get used vehicles right now because there is no, it's all supply and demand. Yeah. Fuel expenses. Income is not going up to match these expenses. For you guys that don't have a house, I mean, rent is outrageous. I I look at some of the prices for rent. It's uh, that's painful. Yeah. But you're stuck in a rock and a hard place. Now you're going to overspend for a house or you're going to be overspending for your rent per month. So healthcare, right? Yeah. If like you need healthcare to, is more expensive. Yeah. Everything is going up. And there's a portion of us that are paying for a lot of that. Yeah. But when the demand is going to sharply fall, that's when a recession is going to hit. Yep. So what do you do other than manage remanage your uh grocery bills your fuel bills the way you drive you have to it's it's a day it's it's like losing weight right it's a daily management it's not one time where we make one big change and everything's good yeah it's a daily management it's a mindset change for us to get to a point where maybe we get through this right this is this is the best time when during these crashes is the best time to create wealth 
Because if you have some money saved up, you might be able to buy a struggling business or you might be able to, to buy a large, much larger portion of a, of a stock that you couldn't afford previously because the market has crashed. Like yeah. if you can invest, you can save, you can cut spending, you can start businesses like this is the time when shit is going to get made and shit is going to get broken. Yeah. This is a time where basically uh, if you're not set, not a lot of people are going to go under. Yeah. Especially those, you know, overpaying for homes. Overpaying for homes. Labor's hard to get if you're a small business. Like getting anybody to work for less than $25 an hour is nearly fucking impossible. I know uh, one of the plastics companies in the area is paying $27 an hour for part-time employees. Jeez. So it's like there's there's a lot going wrong here. Yeah, but you know what? The... the I know everybody's celebrating that all these wages are going up, but the problem is that translates to the product too. Oh, people has people have no idea so what that means. So you're not making anything no, up. It's no just idea a higher what that number. Means. Yeah. So, yeah, it's brutal. I mean, you're going to see what robots, uh, robot servers, which I think it's more than just that restaurant now. They're uh, so this new restaurant, the uh, breakfast restaurant, I told you it's coming into town. So that's based out of uh, just outside of Milwaukee. There's another restaurant like it. So. You know, they've been using also the uh, robotic uh, hostess and robotic servers. Well, you've got to think about you can keep investing more and more and more and more. But the minute that the, another option becomes and I sorry, more and more and more and more into labor. Yeah. Right. But the minute that something else becomes more intelligent and affordable. You're no longer battling with other employees to get to get more money. You are now battling against a machine. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys have heard the Marshall McLuhan quote, but the Marshall McLuhan quote is human beings are the sex organ for a machine world. I've never heard of that. No. Think about it. Hmm. It's almost a little bit Terminator like. It's almost a little bit. Last sentence of Jack Carr's book, like, and we wrap it back around and we wrap this podcast (laughs) up today. Uh, Not all doom and gloom, guys. Like I said, this times like this is when wealth is created. Times like this is when you can really advance your family's, um, uh, for the lack of a better term, dynasty, I guess. Um, You just have to be a lot more strategic now in how you live day to day. Yep. Awesome. Thank you, guys. 